1: and Jamie are two best friends and they love sex and the city and they couldn't help but wonder do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmo, cosmos, So Many, dudes, Every Little dudes, dudes, All the Dudes, and we couldn't help but wonder with Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno.
2: I'm Jamie Lee.
1: And I'm Rose Cerno.
2: <laughs>
1: Did it take me an entire whole podcast to come up with a new way of saying it? it was
2: so sad. <laughs> you know what, you guys? And I'm today, so I'm... tired. I. <laughs> okay, okay. No, 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 it's okay. We are leaving leaving this in, but we are going to start over because this is our (laughs) final. We are leaving that part in. Do you need me to have a little more zestfully clean? Well, I just think we, this is like, this is the finale of drum up a little excitement. So let's like give it something. Okay, here we go. Put on a little smile if you dare. Let's put on our fancy clothes. Okay. Okay, here we go. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't, Couldn't help, help But, but wonder. wonder,
1: a podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to us. us.
2: Um, yeah. This
1: Jamie Amanda Lee.
2: Guys, this is crazy. I can't believe we've covered every single episode of the show.
1: I know. It's, um. wow, wow. wow. It's exciting and cool and. I feel a little like
0: little scary.
2: A little scary.
1: It's a journey. I mean, I'm I'm visiting my mom. I'm in the bedroom that I was in for six months, but now I'm sitting zestfully.
2: Oh, that's so great!
1: Yeah, it's like a I lot has a lot has changed. We've been broken. We emerged.
2: Wow. Yeah. I mean, this show has taken us on a real journey, both in our televisions and outside. I
1: know. Um Jamie, who were you this Ooh, week?
2: who was I this week? Ooh. <laughs> um I was I think I was Carrie when she went Remember that time she oh, I don't remember when this was, but remember when she went on that really obnoxious date with Big to like an Italian restaurant and he was like yeah. being really annoying about like getting his cigarette lit or something and like they wanted yeah, to I kick him that. out. Yeah. And he was just being like really like brazen with the wait staff. I yeah. went to this restaurant called Luigi's last night. Mm, Mamma mia. Yeah. In like deep Jersey. And it was rated like on Yelp. It had the highest ranking for just like red sauce, like red and white checkered tablecloth type Italian. So I really trusted that and went to this restaurant. The first sight I see when I walk in the door, like before I can take in anything else visually about the restaurant is a man um, who's been punched in the face. He was sitting <laughs> at the table with his wife, and he Wait, a, did you go into
0: know? like <laughs> a mafia? <multi-hour laughs> and... I mean, it's Jersey, you know. This is what... wait, Jamie. Did you like? 80s? I wasn't the
2: 80s? for it. It was like right in my line of vision. It was like, oh, that man was recently punched in the face. Wow. There's more. So that was like the first <laughs> the first the first bit of it. Then I look to the left and there's like the tackiest mural of like Florence or something <laughs> on the wall. Just like they got like the, the chef's cousin's friend's friend. Vinny to just like throw a mural on the someone, wall. Someone who had heard
0: of Florence was like, "Let me yeah, paint a mural for you." Definitely heard
2: of it. You know, yeah, I know yeah. his family's from there, distantly, <laughs> and like, yeah, he just sort of painted,
0: the just vibe. painted, yeah. he
2: painted the vibe, painted what he knew how to paint. um But yeah, it was like a notch above stick figures. And it was just like the goofiest mural. And I thought that was kind of it. Oh, also, they were playing like that's some like of that course, kind of music. When the moon
1: hits your eye. When
2: the moon hits your eye. When the, when the fist hits that guy's face. <laughs> um, but, anyways, yeah, so that was that. And then I look over to my right, and there is the funniest fucking fountain I have ever seen in my life. Okay, first of all, it is like a babbling brook indoors. Okay, multiple rocks. And there was um like a. <laughs> like a pot, like, um, like, like when, like women bathe themselves in the river, like one of those types of Mm -hmm. pots dumped over and the water was like cascading out of that. And there was fog coming off of it. There was a fog machine. So it's a foggy babbling brook with an led light that changed colors. And I was just like, this is the crazy, this is like, this place is doing an impression of itself. It kind of makes me think that there was like women
1: there and like tight mini dresses with big hair that are like, Vinny, just let me order this meal <laughs> scallopini.
2: I mean, there was a table like that. There was also like a really sweet older couple who clearly goes there every Saturday night and they like order their favorite things.
1: How the is the food twist of all twist?
2: Well, that's what's funny. OK, so you think you go into this place, you think this place like is such a goofy gimmick There is no way that they're going to, like, not have delicious food. Like, I was so certain this was going to be delicious. It's at least going to be cheesy and salty. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, kind of hard to fuck up, like, an egg Italian is good. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you for saying that. I feel like that's one of our pink cards on Instagram. Italian (sighs) is good.
1: It just
0: is. It just is. I mean, even just buying...
1: Dry spaghetti and a good oh. canned sauce is like oh, delicious. It's yeah. still
2: better than like most good <laughs> cuisine. Like, most like, yeah, exactly. Most <laughs> cuisine. I think spaghetti yeah. with red sauce is like really up there. Yeah. Anyway, so I was like, surely the food is oh, okay. Can I just say this? I thought the food was going to be at least as good as like if you were to order from a raised pizza or something in the city where it's mm-hmm. like, They just they do a they do a good job. Like it's not fancy, but it tastes really good. I was sure that that's what was going to happen, and it was like the nasty. First of all, also highly rated on Yelp. I trust Yelp. Yelp really has never steered me wrong. Like it's pretty. I wouldn't say 10 out of 10, but 9 out of 10. Yelp,
1: more like yikes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, wow. Just kidding, wow. (laughs) I cancel myself. It is more like yikes. Yeah, no, don't do that. But it, um, yeah, it was, like, really gross. Like, the eggplant was, like, really chewy, and, like, it was not breaded really, and the cheese didn't have any, like, crusty bubbles. It was just, like, pure white, and I was just kind of horrified. Also, I ordered this, um seafood pasta which was it actually was that was okay it was okay but they had a bunch of different types of seafood in it and i was like hey is there any way we can swap out flounder that was another thing where it's like it had flounder in it I'm like, jamie okay, going-? i mean jamie you're trying to swap out flounder okay i'm sorry i have the restaurants <laughs> back on this one no but can i just say Tell us. if there's already if salmon is on the menu in a similar capacity already wouldn't it be easy enough for them to just put it in this like mix of seafood like if it's clams mussels calamari on a flounder on, a taste? Say,
1: on yeah, a taste level ahead. you never put salmon in a chiapino or a bouillabaisse it doesn't go That's in not with tr- those
2: oh no see i disagree i think it can mm. really really mix Anyway, and my ugh, I was with my friend who has like food allergies, so it was a whole. It was just it was just stressful. So you guys Anyways, were their favorite
1: customers of the night,
2: definitely. And there were these two waitresses who stand over by. I mean, the chef was just like not accommodating, and it was the type of place where you're like, you guys definitely can do it. Like, there's nothing. <laughs> it's fine. I it's fine. I there were other things that were problematic. Like they don't allow alcohol. They don't serve alcohol. So you have to like bring your own alcohol and. Hmm. Yeah, it's just a little bit of like a schleppy restaurant. But then the two waitresses, there were two waitresses on staff. They stand next to the cash register and just like watch you eat. And so at one point I like grabbed the jar of Parmesan and I was like trying to get it to come out. And they just started shouting at me, like, open the top, take the top off. <laughs> and it was, like, so aggressive. <laughs> <It's> so Jewish. <laughs> it, was so, it was just the funniest thing. because It's like, they're just hovering, watching it's your also every like, move. like, just
1: go in the back and get me a fucking bowl of parm,
0: dude. I, I and mean, also, like, that—that that is, like, the default approach. It's like, we're not going to fix anything, it. but we will no, provide, some yeah. Yeah, provide some notes.
2: Yeah, we're going to provide some notes. Yeah, exactly. We're going to provide some notes from across the room.
1: No, um, I just, I'm at my mom's house, and she literally lives for she loves nothing more than being upstairs and yelling at me downstairs and wanting to have a conversation that That goes from upstairs to downstairs and i always say the same thing i'm too tired i can't yell a whole conversation Mm -hmm. i swear if we are in the same room i can do this
2: um yeah my mom when i'm I'm home my mom does that she likes to have full conversations i feel like
1: italians jews like what is with the yell talking
2: yell talking it's it can be really stressful yeah. Hell, yeah hell yeah hell yeah I can Anyways, hell yeah I can that's uh <laughs> okay so, so yeah that's I was Carrie at one of those types of restaurants and it really was the restaurant of my dreams it was terrible and I loved it
1: well the best thing about it is you got a lot of material from it
2: I mean did I you, you just <laughs> did a tight five
1: for Skylar and I and the list stars
2: I feel like yeah okay I mean guys you know if you're listening and you have strong feelings let us know about swapping in um salmon for flounder and if you think that's hard I think that's a, you think that's weird apparently that's a hard Think that's weird okay I'm
1: really into seafood I love cioppino I love base I Me love too. like marinara's with seafood but they I think salmon has a sweetness to it so I think it tastes better with like zippier fish
2: zippier meaning like a white a flake yeah yeah Okay.
0: I really okay. don't like... I don't day. like mixing white fish very much. It's one of my, you mean it's like not my preference. You, like you
1: don't you mix it in like, your coffee?
0: Yeah, I don't like, I, yeah, I don't wake up and you crack open. You don't in your cereal? No. Yeah,
1: you don't like add it to your tiramisu? <laughs> okay.
0: I do add it to my tiramisu, but that's.
1: Okay, guys, don't
2: call it mizu, okay? <laughs> I, know, just... I just
1: had to. Okay,
2: no, it was fine when you did it. <laughs> it just, I felt like Wait, it was to become the way we pronounce it.
1: At... Wait, Jamie, at the restaurant, yeah. were you like, I'll have some mozzarella and some brujotte?
0: Initially initially she asked for mozzarella and prosciutto, and they were like, what? And then she had to do mozzarella. They
2: go, oh, you mean cheese and ham? Yeah, we got that. Vinny! (laughs) Vinny, get her some cheese and ham. That was a really East Coast story. That was a story
1: that could not have been told on the West Coast.
2: I totally agree. I mean the the look of it was just it was just it was so good. It was I hope you were wearing best.
1: sequins and like a top, like a, like, God, a I wish. like a dress that has like a heart chest shape.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, that was definitely that, that, that outfit was in my soul. I was carrying it with me in my heart and soul last night, but I was not wearing that. But, um, yeah, it was just a ridiculous restaurant. Anyway. Yeah. Wait, Skylar question. Mm-hmm. You're saying you don't like fish in, if you have a mixed seafood, like clams, mussels, yes, calamari, you don't want fish at all. You just want
0: those. In my experience, yeah, I don't love the flaky white fish inclusion in like my calamari mix. Yeah, I love yeah, all yeah. the other parts, yeah, but I, I, I think that fish in that mix is always the weakest of the mix. Sure.
2: Yeah, in the words of the offspring, you got to keep them
0: separated. 100%. Oh! 100%. I am going to
2: say, I agree with that.
1: I think fish is only delicious when it's raw. I don't really like it cooked that much.
0: There's some cooked fish I eat. I love, it. I love, a, I love a seared ahi. Oh,
2: okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Guys, tune in to... I...
0: Fish talk? Fish yeah. <laughs> to, to fish chat? That's what we're pivoting to. It's mean, just going to rate is, fish. I, I fish kebabs.
2: Yeah, and we have on guests, and they just they they start by telling us their favorite fish, or if
0: they
1: hate Jew fish, fish. it's two talk Jews that.
2: talking fish.
0: I wonder if that's I wonder if that's a good idea or fully the worst idea.
2: I <laughs> think it might be kind of good.
0: It'd be kind of fun with a certain type of person who's like, yeah, yeah. let's talk fish.
2: It'd be funny if we did a limited series.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we're just talking fish like, right. We're weeks. doing
2: just ten episodes about fish. It's three episodes: um, one
1: salmon, one flounder, and then the third. Who knows? Mix. A little mix, a little poo poo well, platter. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, Um, Wow, great ideas all around, you guys. Okay, Rose, who were you this week?
1: Well, first of all, I have to apologize to my esteemed friends and colleagues. I've like yawned like six times. I'm having a hell of a time having a normal sleep these days. Ooh. Um, I don't know who I was. I think I'm. I think I'm a Carrie. Um. I'm a Carrie, like end of season six, Carrie, because like. A lot of things are happening right now. Our podcast is about to end. I mean, in the current iteration, we will do the movies and then it's going to spin off into something else. But, you know, this big, beautiful project that we've done for a couple of years now oh, um, is winding down. I'm in this amazing writing fellowship that is also winding down, which is great. It's where staffing's coming. We're all just going to staff. But um, So that thing that, you know, I feel like maybe I'm being um, Pollyanna here, but I think COVID is winding down. I just think there's a lot of change in the air. No, there is. I agree.
2: I think it's overwhelming.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of like interesting, too. Um, I was thinking about it the other day. I, I think there's a lot of time, more time to be existential now than there ever was. And not even in a bad way, but I just think the whole world has never been closed before. This is the first time in our lifetime where the world was like, uh, they just turned the sign to closed and you're like, okay, cool. Um, just like go take walks and like read books and like think a lot. And I've just in like sort of a conflict- contemplative mood where it's like, we've all been like, oh my God, the world's going to open up and that's so great. And it is great, but it's also kind of, I guess I'm just thinking like, well, what does make my life more meaningful? Is it like, going into places and purchasing things or like spending a lot of money on food. Like, is that going to make a huge difference in like feeling like meaningful about life? I don't think so. So I think it's just like taking, trying my best to integrate this year and like my values and like what actually matters to me, which is mostly spending time with people I love and care about and like developing close relationships and making work. Um, And then I think like great meals can be involved and vacations and all that stuff. But I don't think that that makes you any less lonely than anything else in a weird way.
2: No. And I think I definitely feel you on like, I feel the change happening. It's like pervasive and it's hard to not think about what our lives are supposed to look like or how we're supposed to reintegrate the old ways into the new ways and like I just combine think that, those two things yeah like i think
1: you know you don't really want to just be sitting in your your house all the time i don't think that's the recipe for happiness no. but but i also think oppositely i think we all were really able to just dis- whatever you know life is a distraction it's like if you don't have distractions then you would just stare at a wall and want to die like doing little stupid stuff like doing our pilates or peloton or watching a movie or going to the mall like or even like running an errand yeah right it's all like well what's what's not a distraction like sure. just meditating i mean you can't just be in this like deep philosophical mood at all times but i do think that as a society we put this giant like wow it's been a really hard lonely year for many people but when things open everything's going to be better and it's just kind of like well why and how would that be so i don't know i think i'm just contemplative yeah and yeah, i'm also I get that fully I, I don't know what's going on with me but like i am not sleeping so i'm really uh, uh, yeah how long
2: has that been going on
1: i've been taking sleeping pills for like months which has been fine but the last couple of weeks like even with my sleeping pill i feel like i'm really anxious and agitated at mm-hmm. night and So, yeah, I hope that gets under control.
2: Yeah. Are you getting any sleep or is it like you fall asleep for a while and then you wake up and then you go back to like, what is it just restless sleep or is it like you can't fall asleep?
1: I have anxiety around sleeping. And even after I take like a half a sleeping pill, I still am up, which makes me anxious because I'm like, why aren't I sleeping? I just took a pill. Sure. sure. Then at some point I sleep and then I wake up like incredibly groggy between like 11 a.m. and one. Like it's just. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's kind of bad. So I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to fix that, but that's definitely a goal of mine. Um, Yeah, it it almost feels like part of this spiritual growth of like, okay, the back pain's kind of gone, the world's opening up, program's ending and I'm going to staff and there's like one last vestige of like PTSD from last year and it's just not sleeping, I guess.
2: Sure. Yeah, maybe it's like grief sort of like rearing I actually think I think that's it's
1: possibly for sure and I think I also have a lot of subconscious anxiety that I'm not like daily aware of but then sure. just like explodes at night
2: yeah totally I get that
1: yeah mm. I'm like oh cool I'll just like relax and read my brain's like I'm
0: like
2: cool
1: it's Like, <laughs> what if we
0: think about everything yeah
1: <laughs> it's like oh rose have you thought of The fact that life is just a slow march to death, and I'm like, oh, I'm tired.
0: (laughs) I hadn't, I hadn't before you brought that up. Yes. Yeah. So anyway,
2: I will bringing it to my attention.
1: I'm happy to be with you guys, and I'm going to try and bring it as best I can. Okay,
2: you're doing great. (laughs) Thank you. This episode is great, and this podcast is great. Has been great.
0: Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have.
2: um today we are talking oh god we are doing season six episode 20 it's called an american girl in paris part de which is french for two
1: it's crazy to say this but the final episode Of Sex and the City kicks off with Carrie meeting Juliet, Alexander's ex, for lunch. Alexander's supposed to meet them, too, but he ends up not making it yet again. He's being flaky McFlakerson. Juliet works with accessories and says she loves Carrie's handbag, while Carrie loves the restaurant, which Juliet's less into. It's gone downhill. It's also very interesting because... Unlike I think that they're showing something kind of chic, which is like in France, it's just not that dramatic to meet your ex-husband's current lover. Like, yeah, she's not rattled at all. And something that kind of haunts Carrie later is that Juliet keeps saying, like, the reason that it didn't work out with her and Alexander is she felt like she had to be a groupie and like drop all her own things. But she's so glad to see that he's changed and that Carrie's like her own independent working woman and you can see that Carrie in her own mind is like, "Mm."
2: yeah, you can also see how disenchanted Alexander and his daughter and his ex wife, they're all just like completely over the beauty of Paris in this sort of drab. Just, yeah, they're just over it. They don't, they, they are not enchanted at all with it. They don't think it's that beautiful. They're just kind of like blase about all the things that Carrie loves. Like, she's just like, oh my God, like she's, has such a flair for the aesthetic being in France for her. is like, everything is beautiful. His restaurant's beautiful. The Eiffel Tower is beautiful. The streets are beautiful. And it's like, yeah, every time she's with Alexander's people, they just, like, won't give her that. They're just, like, bored or something.
1: Yeah, she's kind of like the bright-eyed, bushy-tailed American, and they're just yeah. kind of like the low-key French. But it's also kind of like, we live here. She's like, yeah.
2: wow, she's kind of acting
1: like a tourist. Like, oh, my God, yeah, it's so cool, true. you know?
2: Right, right, right. Um, well, back in New York, Charlotte and Anthony are in Chanel and they're walking around having a little chat and Charlotte is prepping for meeting the couple Charlotte and Harry are going to adopt from. So as Charlotte and Anthony browse the store, Anthony has a really sincere moment. Will Charlotte still keep him in her life after the baby comes? Charlotte assures him he is family.
1: And Samantha and Smith both get their hair bleached at a salon. As they get dressed afterwards, they have some tough words. Smith started seeing a therapist after Samantha's cancer diagnosis, and they haven't been having sex. It's a real role reversal for Samantha. And she refuses to talk about it, and she's just totally ignoring it. And things are getting
2: tense between them. But back in Paris, Juliet is surprised that Carrie is still a writer. Alexander was not okay with his ex-wife's ambitions when they were together. And who knows, maybe he's changed. They share cigarettes and agree. Maybe he has. Afterwards, Carrie catches up with Alexander. He says Juliet was impressed by Carrie and then heads back to the museum. Carrie kills some more time walking, eating pastries, stepping in dog shit. She doesn't have much going on. She even goes to sleep alone later.
1: I just have to say, I've only been to Paris once and the food was so good that I ate like 11 meals in one day. Like I just would like go get a pastry and then I would go get a baguette. And then all of a sudden I was at a dance club dancing and I was like, oh no. And I just ran outside and threw up just because I had like, I just like the food is so psycho good there. So I just love that Carrie's just like ordering pastries and stuffing herself because you kind of have to like get a grip on yourself if you're a food person in Paris.
2: Oh, definitely.
0: It's also so famously rich that it can really sneak up on you, like making you Later. sick in that way. Where it's like everything has so much butter in
1: it. Yeah, I was like yeah. freaking on the dance floor, and then I was like, "Uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel so good."
2: I want to see you freaking on the dance floor. Also, I love when she feeds the pastry to the dog. That dog was really cute. The dog, I, is know, very I love cute. that beautiful scene.
0: An enormous dog. Such a
2: beautiful scene. Just hanging yeah, out. Yeah, he was. He was massive. Yeah, I loved him.
1: So over in Brooklyn, Steve has dinner with Miranda and his mom. Oh, my God. This storyline is so emotional. It's
2: kind of the to me, it's kind of like the storyline. Oh, my God. Yeah. So
1: Steve has dinner with Miranda and his mom, Mary. When Steve is noticing something seems off, Mary's disoriented. She keeps calling Brady Stevie and she doesn't even recognize Miranda. Steve takes her to the emergency room to get her checked out. Samantha and Smith, meanwhile, prep for Smith's next movie shoot at her place.
3: If it's a movie about Until the Hun, why are they filming in Canada? Cheaper. Oh.
4: And it's pretty much just open space, which means nowhere to go and nothing to do for the next eight weeks. Uh,
3: listen to me. The operative word being listen. I want you to feel free to have sex while you're on location. Are we here again, after everything? No, we are not here again. I'm not trying to push you away, I'm trying to keep you. If anyone knows how important sex is to a person, it's me. Correction, was me.
4: It's the chemo. Mm. Your body just needs time to heal itself. It'll be back. It's like winter, just because the trees are bare doesn't mean they're dead. Long comes spring and bam.
3: I want you to have sex. (laughs) I love his delivery. (laughs) I'm serious. I know what we have. Sex is just sex. I understand that. I don't want to just have sex. Hmm. You say that now. But when you're riding a horse all day, wearing animal fur, and you see some sexy Canadian extra in a slave girl outfit, feel free to pillage her.
4: (laughs) Samantha. Don't
3: be so profound. You're playing a barbarian, for fuck's sake.
1: I mean, we don't talk about it a lot. It's it's almost because it's almost like Smith is a bit of a cartoon fantasy because he's so quote unquote hot, but then he's equally nice. Like there's not a bone in his body that's nice and
2: also devoted
1: to monogamy. Like
2: he it does not have any interest in fucking other people. Like she's literally pushing him to, and he's like, I don't want to just have sex. Like he needs the emotional connection. It's important to him.
1: I think you really hit the nail on the head with the devoted. He's extremely committed and devoted. And to me, he actually, even though I just said he seems like a fantasy cartoon, which he does, he was created to be like that. But I actually know a guy like that. I remember years ago when I moved to LA, I met this girl who's a fashion designer and her husband and the girl's pretty, no, definitely attractive, but her husband is like, Ridiculously hot uh, uh-huh. and is definitely the kind of person that gets hit on multiple a times a day. And he is like, do, it's just doesn't even, he is like completely in love and devoted and committed. And would you could trust him in any situation? Wow. He kind of reminds me of Smith.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was thinking, yeah. I wonder if I was going to maybe have some kind of theory, but I don't know that I do necessarily. Like, I wonder, I think there are those guys that are, like, I'm thinking of actors in particular. Isn't Ryan Gosling married? Yeah, to Ava Mendez? Yeah. Have they been together? Have they been together a while? They've got a bunch
1: of kids or something. A couple. That's
2: what I, okay, I might not know their whole deal, but I kind of have that impression of Ryan Gosling. Obviously, Ava Mendez is beautiful, but I'm just saying, like, I kind of have that vibe. Seems like a family man. Smith. I think he's a bit of a smith. I think he's like, he could literally have sex with anyone he wanted at any time. And like, I think he's just kind of like, I only have eyes for you. Like, I just think that, no, thank you. I mean, those types obviously do exist, but it's like, it's, it's very romantic. Yeah. My
1: dad is like that with my stepmom. Yeah. Yeah. I think they totally exist and they're, they're real.
2: Yeah. I think it's actually maybe I'm starting to think that it's actually more of a male quality. And I think women, I know I have like projected onto men that they're the ones who like can't focus on one person and like monogamy is a drag to them. I actually don't think that like most of the guys I know are kind of like looking for the one.
0: I think what you're saying is really interesting in regard to this specific scene, because I get the sense watching the scene that.
2: That's kind of what Samantha's
0: doing. Yes, but that's exactly what Samantha's doing. She wants Smith to sort of have sex and have the, have the fulfillment that is not currently like part of their relationship. But I think that comes from her anxiety and her feeling that it's not currently part of their relationship more so than it comes from his feeling that there's that lacking in their dynamic at the moment. It's
1: actually kind of sweet in a way. I know that it's coming from Samantha's insecurities for sure. Um, Because I think Samantha's treating the situation, I think she's looking at Smith as if he was her. Like,
2: if she was in a relationship
1: like that, then she would want someone to say that to her. But I don't think that Smith is as sex-obsessed as she is. Like, there's also couples with different libido levels. And, like, I think Samantha has a very high libido. And, like, in their relationship, they really enjoy sex together. But I would be very surprised if Smith is, is an is- as in need of it as Samantha. So I think she is also projecting, like, oh, if I were in this situation, I would definitely need you to do this. So I'm gonna offer this to you. And I don't even think I think he's a really good, dedicated guy. I also don't think he is somebody who has a sex addiction like she does. I don't think he has an insatiable, I don't think he's the kind of person where it's like, eight weeks without sex, I'll die. Like,
0: yeah. It's not a sign to him that the relationship is broken if like there's a a spell where sex isn't happening in the same way.
2: I also think, though, they have such an open and honest communication that even her just saying that, like, hey, you can have sex with people, like, there's something, there is something kind of beautiful about that element of the relationship. Like, he doesn't even want to take her up on it, and it's like, I don't know. There's just something, like, there's something kind of sweet about her being like, you can go have sex with people because I think it shows how secure they are absolutely and I, I think it's like really endearing and like it's also just like people love free will and if you're in a relationship where you can have those kinds of conversations I think in at least if you're mostly monogamous I think you're like yeah I'm not gonna I don't wanna do that like the fact it's that you're even offering it up makes me not I don't need it because I don't feel I don't feel like suffocated like I'm imprisoned yeah I'm not imprisoned by this relationship so yeah free will's great
1: Yeah, I think I think it's a testament to how secure they are in their relationship. And I think it's also I also don't think it's an unreasonable thing to say. I think it's totally reasonable. I think if you were in a relationship and you were like, something has happened in my physical health, my interest in sex has nosedived. I don't know if I'll get it back. I love you. You may not be there. I feel comfortable with you having that with other people. I actually think that's like creative problem solving, honestly.
2: Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I think it, it says a lot about their relationship and it says a lot about her security in the relationship. And it honestly says a lot about how much she values Smith. Like, she's trying, to, she says it, she's trying to keep him.
0: Yeah, so, I think
3: it's romantic.
1: I agree with you. I think it's really romantic. And I think yeah. it's a sign of a really strong relationship. Me I think too. The, I think the only thing that's a misfire from her that she's not trying to do is, I think Smith is a really romantic committed guy and so even though she's literally doing it out of love her and smith have very different personalities and povs and so she's doing it thinking oh this would be so nice if somebody did this for me he feels like oh wow my partner doesn't even care like it's hurtful to him he's somebody that's like i want you to be jealous i don't want you to think this i think he thinks of it as like hurtful that you would even think that i you know they're they're they come from different places, so it's it's a it's a generous and thoughtful and considerate offer but i don't think he reads it that way i think he reads it like do you think i don't love you do you think not, I, I would do I that also like- oh, that's interesting
0: and that i think it's again back to that point of like i think it's definitely coming from samantha's own insecurities in a lot of yeah. ways where it's like in the wanting to keep him by giving him this freedom to go sleep around it's an expression that like there's a risk that if she doesn't give him that freedom, then she would lose him. Like that must be what the thinking is to make the offer.
2: Yeah. There's also something like with Smith and Smith being so hot. Yeah. That I think that there's a little bit of like, he truly could have sex with as many people as he wants. And I think that almost that type of person, I could see doubling down the other way and being like, I could have it. So I don't need it. Like it's Mm -hmm. there. It's there. If he wants to fuck people, He's so good-looking. He can get whoever he wants before Samantha. He could get whoever he wanted. All these women were throwing themselves at him at that stupid grass restaurant. And, like, I think that he kind of has an embarrassment of riches. And because of that, he's just, like, he's actually very good at monogamy. Because the option of whatever he wants is there.
0: He's a quality over quantity guy. Yes.
1: I think off your point, Jamie, which I think is really well made, is that I think he's also probably really grossed out by being objectified like he's objectified
2: constantly that's very interesting and that's very i think you're saying it better that's like the better ver- that is what i was trying to say i think yeah, that's well, true
1: it's also like people wanting to have sex with them it's less of like oh this thing i want that we should do together this collaboration yeah. and more like i want to get one-sided you. Yeah. yeah i want to like
2: and also feeling like entitled to his looks in a way like yeah y-
1: and just not being interested in anything that yeah. that's like, and I think that there are men like that. I think probably that guy that I was talking about too, where they're just like, it's gross. It's like, oh yeah, you just like, it's like, it's like someone being rich and having people just like you for that. It's like, yeah. it's transparent and gross. Um,
2: yeah. I think that's really, really astute.
1: Yeah. So now that we're kind of like at the end of the show, do you guys think that, I mean, just to have like a free form, like just, riff conversation do you guys think that samantha is a sex addict or do you think she's just a woman who really has a really healthy you know healthy sh- no shame relationship to
2: have sex and she just has a high libido like what what are your thoughts on that my gut instinct is high libido that's cool I but like that. i don't i i hadn't really thought about sex addict mostly because i don't think i know anyone who's a sex addict so i don't know the qualities of it like i wouldn't know what to look for. So yeah,
0: my read is more so that there's a—I don't know if sex addict is exactly how I would phrase it—but she definitely seems to have a tricky relationship with sex, where she's that's certainly point, yeah. really, really open and and pro sleeping with a lot of people and all that, and like, but she also like acts out sexually. Like, remember when she cheated uh, on yeah. Smith with Richard, and like she does things that she regrets sexually as well. So I don't know if that's totally a product of sex addiction, so much so as it is a product of. Again, a tricky relationship with her sexuality in some ways.
2: Yeah, she definitely has a tricky relationship with it. But I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that an addict makes. Well, I think an addict is somebody who's not in control of their behavior and feels
1: like, yeah, f- like something's taking over their life and like ruining mm-hmm. relationships and ruining their finances and like they're not able to execute. And I think that, I think that you could make the argument either way with Samantha, and it may be a mix. I think. That there's a lot of amazing things about her relationship to sex. I think she is so body positive and sex positive and and pleasure positive, which is very radical and revolutionary for a woman. And I think that's all really amazing. I do think there were moments in the show, just like you had said, Skylar, about like she literally cheats on the guy who's treated her the best ever.
0: Yeah,
2: right.
1: And also her insistence, absolute insistence in, like, really only wanting men in this one way that I, I think it's interesting. I mean,
2: it's kind of really quick, though. He, she was she she cheated on him with the person who fucked her over, which I do think is, like, noteworthy. I don't think she was just like <laughs> no, so no, she sure. had like weird totally. hang ups with him. So no, totally. it right. was more loaded. You're yeah. right. Just to just to say, like, yeah. I think that that is a more complicated relationship than just cheating on him.
1: You're totally right. But it's also just interesting that this character who has maintained very consistently through six seasons, like, I like living my life. I don't want kids. I don't want a husband. I'm very happy. I really enjoy men. And I'm a hedonist. And that's great. And then she ends up with Smith. So, like, is it that people just want different things at different times and she Mm -hmm. just grew and changed? Or was she, like, lying to herself? Like, I don't know.
2: I, to me, I want to believe almost as like a hopeless romantic that like that relationship services her in the right ways in that like she can have amazing sex with him. They're so open. They're so communicative. They're fully on the same page. There's also a freedom there. He doesn't suffocate her. She doesn't suffocate him. I think that if you can do that, I do think monogamy is attractive, but I do think it's delicate and you really have to work at making monogamy work for you because i don't think monogamy is inherently easy
1: no definitely not i don't think i don't think a real working relationship whether it's poly open or monogamous is easy period i think something real is not easy
0: it all Um, takes work yeah
1: yeah i think so my my take on samantha i think is that at the time she was being real with herself i don't think she was like like pretending not to want to be be in a relationship, but she did. I I think she was really happy with the way she was living.
2: Yeah. I don't think she had the right relationship. I think he was the right relationship.
1: Well, I also think that like what you want, what, what I wanted 10 years ago, isn't what I want now. What I want 10 years from now will also be different. Like she's also aging. She's in her middle age. And like, not to say that like things go a certain way, but I think cancer has come into her life. I think her libido is different. Her needs are different. And so the Samantha of season one is not the Samantha of season six. Like,
2: yes, definitely. I don't know. I don't know that I I felt like her philosophy changed. I felt like I feel like Smith changed her. Like, I think I I think that's romantic, too. But I also do think it's like relationship specific. I don't feel I don't feel like. I I mean maybe cancer could have changed it. I I felt like it was more the relationship and like he that's was, He proved a different level once the cancer came into the equation. But I I do think that this relationship gave her the freedom to be herself while being committed to someone. I love like, that. I, I
1: I do think that. I love what's going that, Jamie. On. I think that's really beautiful. It's it's kind of like. Maybe the reason that she never wanted to be in a relationship is she could never imagine a guy accepting her full self. Exactly.
2: Exactly. And I think he fully gets her. He's not trying to change her. Even when she was, like, being kind of a dick to him, like, in the beginning, he was just like, I'm on board. I'm not going anywhere.
0: Yeah, when she didn't know his name for, like, four episodes. Yeah, he,
2: like, thought it was kind of funny and, like, weird and cute. I don't know. Like, I think that they're just, like, very meant for each other, and that's why she can say, like, go fuck people. And I love that's that. that's why he doesn't want to. He's like, it's I, it's not what I need.
1: I kind of like it because it's like, she's exactly the opposite of Charlotte. It's like, she didn't need a relationship to fulfill her. It wasn't what she was looking for. Right. But she's an open-minded enough person that when somebody fantastic came along, she was open to the possibility.
2: Right, right. Well, it just wor- it seemed to work for her, which I think she's not easy to please in that way because she's so, like, hyper-independent. But it seemed to be... It allowed her to be independent, even though she's with someone is sort of the feeling I got. Um, OK, so getting back into it, Steve gets his mom back home from the hospital a few hours later. She had a small stroke. Steve and Miranda head to Mary's place to get her nightgown so she can stay over. What they find is a total mess. There are dishes piled up. There are bugs in the sink. It is really rough. Steve wants to hire a nurse for his mom but Miranda doesn't think that is the move. She thinks that Steve's mom should just come live with them.
1: I mean, tears and crying. (sighs) It's incredible. (laughs) It's so funny. Like this, this show is about like sex dating and romance, but then it's such a beautiful evolution to where it's like, you know, when you're in your twenties, you're like, oh, romance is like a really hot guy with a lot of tattoos who like listens to cool. I mean, I'm obviously being extremely specific. <laughs> Jamie's like, no, not exactly. And for me, it was like somebody with like cool style and who like knew about cool movies and um, was super smart and kind of a jerk taking me to a really good restaurant and us having like a really friction filled conversation about opinions mm. and then going home and having sex. And then it's like, Oh no, you know what romance is it's being in this disgusting hoarder house. And your partner being like, your mother is my mother, and we will do anything we can to take care of her. And it's like, oh, that's what it is. That's actually what love is. It's not like having the perfect body or having the perfect this. It's literally family. It's being your family.
2: Well, it's also like when you when you love someone the way like Miranda and Steve love each other. I think it's like, yeah, you you are me. Like, what? Of course, of course, you can come love. Like, it's just interesting too because Miranda's such. I feel like Miranda is similar to Samantha in that, like, she really likes things her way. She's successful. She's kind of doesn't have a lot of time for people, it seems. And, like, the way she has sort of, like, learned to, I don't know the word I'm looking for, like, the way she has been domesticated. I don't think that's what I mean. But, like, the way she is like, settled into being a wife and living in Brooklyn and having a baby, like, she's She's kind of like primed for this situation. It's like now she's kind of seeing the value of like having a partnership. And like this is a perfect test to a partnership is like, how do we handle this this situation? And they just like handle it so beautifully. Yeah, I think another thing you're sort of pointing out that's important to note is that
1: I would say Samantha and actually probably all of them. These are extremely self-centered women and self-obsessed women and stubborn women who are very sure about what they like. And they're not really that open to changing. And so, you know, getting into a partnership in your mid late 30s, like these characters are or early 40s, like Samantha, it's like you're pretty set in your ways. You know what you like. You have your schedule and like accommodating for a whole nother person is a big deal. And it's it's incredible to see these people do that because love is worth it to them.
2: You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's the best.
1: Okay, so Carrie does some more browsing, and this time at a bookshop. She finds the French edition of her book, and she also finds some fans. The salespeople can't believe she's the Carrie Bradshaw, and they insist on throwing her a party that Saturday. It's the first time Carrie actually feels like herself since coming to France. Carrie really wants Alexander to come, but of course he can't. Well, at least Carrie has her own thing to do, finally.
2: Then back in New York, Charlotte and Harry have their meeting with the adoptive parents. It does not go great. The parents reveal they are having a girl and that they've been thinking about names. So Charlotte and Harry are not getting their baby. That was terrifying because they were like so sad. Yeah, it was just horrible. They yeah, not terrifying. It was just terrible. I meant to say terrible. Um, but like, yeah, because that does happen. I have a friend who um goes uh, trying to adopt. Yeah, and then they just like they actually ghosted her like she couldn't even oh, wow. get a hold of them because they decided to keep the baby anyways. Um, so later, Harry starts to write their lawyer an angry email, but Charlotte talks him down. That just was not their baby. Their baby will come.
1: Also, just in case anybody used to watch Roseanne, that was one of the Darlene's from Roseanne that played the, yeah. one of the adopted Second parents. Becky. Yeah, it was second Becky. Yeah, this is just a very beautiful scene because it's oh, like. Oh, wait.
2: Was it second Becky or first Becky?
1: I don't remember. But it's just a really beautiful scene because we see before, like in that Anthony Charlotte scene, like she's pulling out all the stops. She's trying to like look perfect. She's going through all this stuff. It's like her heart is so on the line. And then it's just a really heart wrenching scene where she can just see that, like,
2: it's just not going to happen for her, you know? Yeah, I think it was first Becky. Just to clarify. (sighs) I do think it was first Becky.
1: Over at Samantha's office, she has a surprise. Smith got her flowers, only he didn't get her a big bouquet. They'll bloom in spring when he's back. He got her like looks like some tulip plants that she would plant. And it's just like this beautiful metaphor of like things will grow. They just need time and nourishment. They're
2: in the winter right now.
1: Yeah. And he got her like bulbs that will eventually blossom, which is what Samantha will do when she gets on the other end of her chemo. So Samantha calls him to say thanks, and um, just in case he hasn't
2: yet, to maybe not sleep with anyone after all.
1: And it's just what he wanted to hear all along. So romantic.
2: I loved it. Back in Paris, Carrie gets ready for her party. But just as she's about to leave, she finds Alexander having an anxiety attack. The pressure of finally showing his work to the museum higher-ups is just too much to bear. Carrie tries to calm him down, so he asks her to ditch her party to hold his hand at this gallery function. Carrie reluctantly agrees, but when they get to the museum, the curator greets Alexander with applause and says he's a genius, and then he drops Carrie's hand because he didn't really need her after all.
1: I mean, the second he asks her to not do her party, to go with him, I'm like, no! I know. It's really hard to watch. It should feel like you're screaming in an echoey hallway. It's like, no, Carrie, no. And then, you know, great directing. I mean, you could say it's schmaltzy or over the top, but it's almost like a slow-mo when he releases her hand and he walks into, like, the sea of adoring fans. And she's like...
2: She's like, wait, I had adoring fans and I came here with you.
1: Which is why I really, like, think this episode is so cool because I love the nugget that we get at the beginning of the episode where she sits down with the ex-wife and the ex-wife is like yeah i couldn't do it i couldn't just be your cheerleader i felt invisible he was not supportive and Carrie's like telling herself like oh that sounds so shitty well he's different and then it's just like people don't change that much you know
2: yeah and i also yeah i love how they planted that and then i love that we get to see it pay off in their relationship finally
1: exactly and it's it's cool because it's like it's you know I think it was sophisticated to show his ex-wife being this like poised, elegant, chic, beautiful woman who's not bitter at all. She's completely cool. Yeah, she's completely moved on. She's she's like happy for both of them. She's just giving her two cents, which is like this didn't work out for me. I'm I'm so glad it's working out for you. You know, the American version would be like, get your hands off my man. Like, you know, cheesy. Right. So back in Brooklyn, Miranda's getting the hang of life with Mary. This is a really great twist to this episode. Mm -hmm. And Charlotte stops by. And it's so interesting to see the girls getting together without Carrie. It's like, oh, yeah, our our best friend lives in Europe. So now it's like Carrie and uh, I mean, Charlotte and Miranda are hanging out. Yeah, I know. I love that. It's cute. So Charlotte stops by. And while they're talking, Mary asks um, Miranda if she can take little baby Stevie to the zoo. Miranda corrects her. It's not Stevie. It's Brady. And no, she can't take him. Miranda and Charlotte go back to talking, but Mary sneaks out of the house anyway. As soon as Miranda realizes she's gone, she bolts out to find her, leaving Brady with Charlotte.
2: And Carrie sits around the museum waiting for Alexander. As she does, she notices a hole in the lining of her Dior bag. Her Carrie necklace isn't lost after all. It is in the hole in her bag. She wants to tell Alexander, but he's busy. So she decides to ditch him and try to make her party while she searches for a cab. Big just misses her. That's right. He is in Paris looking for Carrie when she finally makes it to the party. It's unfortunate, but she is too late. Everybody went home.
1: That uh, little rundown that you just gave uh, Jamie is just um, a nugget of so much good writing. I know. Um, like using the necklace prop to I've said this before in other episodes but I just really love in television or any movie or any visual medium when you can just see something and we know exactly what it means she finds the necklace that says Carrie she's like finding her old New York self she's remembering who she is you don't right. have to say that in a bunch of dialogue she just finds the necklace that's it
2: right and it's also yeah it's like yeah her old self isn't gone it was just lost for a little bit
1: yeah, perfect. And then, of course, I just am such a fan of the like ships passing in the night. And oh, me too. I it love creates that. tension, and you just can't wait for whenever it is that they get together. And then finally, Miranda finds Mary. She's eating a slice of pizza from the trash, but otherwise, she's in one piece. Miranda gets her home and gives her a bath, mm-hmm. which is just, like, the most beautiful. Oh, my God. Tender. Oh, it's just, crazy. like, this is life. Oh. This is the stuff of life. And Mar- and Magda looks on at Miranda. And it's in Magda's eyes, you just see, like, so much pride and, and joy at, at just seeing that the ways that this... Miranda person who she used to like work for and see it's the growth. Yeah. You know, she used to work for her and see random dildos and cat food yeah. and Chinese food. And now she has like a human with like a, I'm, I, I, I'm hesitating to say a whole life. Cause it's not like Miranda didn't have a life before, no, but it's just different. Not. It's just different. Um, And Carrie, meanwhile, catches up with Alexander.
4: How could you just abandon me like that? When I gave up my party to be with you, I didn't abandon you. I sat on a bench alone In a museum. Let's not do this now. I'm tired. I had a stressful day. I'm in this relationship too. I am a person in this relationship. Have you any idea what it's been like for me here? Eating alone and waiting for my boyfriend who would rather spend time with a light installation?
2: That's what I do. That's
4: where I am. You always knew this. I had a life in New York. I, I had a job and and friends, and I didn't give all of that up to come here and wander the streets of Paris alone. Okay, I'm taking a shower and I'm going to bed, and we'll talk more as soon as you. No, 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 no! Not as soon as please, Carrie. It was an accident. I didn't mean to. Oh, my my necklace.
3: I'm so sorry. I thought I was clear all along about who I am.
4: Well, maybe it's time to be clear about who I am. I am someone who is looking for love, real love, ridiculous, inconvenient, consuming, can't live without each other love, and I don't think that love is here in... (laughs) in this expensive suite in in this lovely hotel in Paris It's not your fault it's it's my fault I shouldn't have come here Harry, please
1: don't. I'm fine. She's such a good actress, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think television and comedies and sitcoms and half hours like don't aren't considered art or whatever, but she's an amazing amazing performer. Like stack her up against anyone. I think she's really amazing. Yeah. She's very good. I uh, that feels like a play. You could have seen a play scene. and it would have been like a beautiful moment in like an incredible play.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I also I'm wondering, what do you think the slap was about in terms of writing that in?
1: I love that because it's so ambiguous.
2: Yeah, it is ambiguous, which is really cool. It is cool, right? Yeah. I I just wondered if you didn't think it was ambiguous. I've always found it to be. I think it's incredibly
1: ambiguous, which I think is really clever because the writers are like, let's add this thing in that can be interpreted millions of ways. I think the Rose Cerno interpretation, what I'm going to choose to interpret it as is that, that this relationship eventually would turn physical is what I'm interpreting it as really yeah that's interesting like, like eventually wow. they'd get into blowouts and he would smack her and this would just wow. be part of it yeah but it was an accident but was it i mean how do you know he said it was an accident
0: I it don't also know. does always feel like at least in I, I don't have much experience with actual patterns of abuse but at least in Brag. movies and television yeah <laughs> it does seem in, at least in movies and television what you're saying rose like that's definitely what is more typically what happens. Like, it starts with this, and it's just a slide down into worse places. I
2: just think,
1: why else would you put it in? Then there's literally... There's no, no reason to put it in.
2: No, you're right. I mean, it just really did look accidental. It looked like his he, like, accidentally, like, lifted his arm wrong. And, like, literally, it was... I, I'm not... This is not me like defending people who are physically abusive. In this case, Jamie I genuinely slapped f- me many times. Every yeah, time we I get enough,
1: she says it's just,
0: an accident. Yeah,
1: I'm like Jamie. It can't be an accident five
2: times no, in have, a row. I have a twitch. I have a twitch. Um, but I just, I yeah, I mean, it really did look like an accident. So I guess I was just like, oh, like wow, what was the what was the point of putting that in? I, I'm not saying there wasn't a point. I like it, and I think it's really interesting because we're able to talk about. Yeah, it. it gives it it gives it some bite.
0: I also think that it is a literal, like it's 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 such it's as much of a breaking point as like you could have without something more extreme. I suppose like this right. is their breakup. He's he's literally crossing. We found a line for where this relationship really must come to an end, and it's That's a nice way physical to put it. beat.
2: It's like the last straw. I also was in a relationship. I actually had it in two relationships where I was with like someone who was kind of heavy-handed and like would accidentally like elbow me or like. Just like, even when like, they Always like. Always accidental? Always an accident? Yes. Fully an accident. Like, truly just like didn't. Big like, guys know with their no body, body. awareness. Yeah. Yes. And like, and I'd be like, ow. And then it, they were just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And you're just like, it does. Even when it's an accident, there is this feeling of like, start being aware of me. Like, Start being aware of your body so you can be aware of me because I'm still getting elbowed here or I'm still getting like grabbed in a way that is not comfortable.
1: I think that makes a ton of sense. But Alexander Petrovsky is like five, six in heels and weighs like a cool 100 pounds. So, like, I I think that. He's not like this lumbering guy.
2: He's. I had it with someone who wasn't lumbering. I had a lumbering and then I had a non lumbering. I so... also have
1: to give some props to Alexander Petrovsky. He's an insufferable character, but I think he's a great actor because,
2: like, he is.
1: He really is playing this character perfectly. And, like, yeah.
2: he... I have no notes for him.
1: Yeah, neither do I. And I think he's just like the whole. Um, he really is preying upon this diabolical female trait of, like, Oh, no, someone needs me. I have to help them, even if they have yeah. not been helping me at all. Oh, he! it's like it's like all you have to do for most women is be like kind of sad and I'm having a bad day. And any woman will be like, oh, my God, like yeah. she'd be like bleeding from her eyes and she'll just right. stop and She's help like, you. Can I
2: make you a manicotti? Yeah, yeah. it's very like it's really yeah. manipulative.
1: And yeah. And so I think the slap is I think he's like he's one of the most. I think his type is like the most insidious macho type where it's like, mm. Oh look,
2: he's an artist and he's refined yeah. and oh, he's cultured. Super interesting. Yeah. And he's
1: European and he doesn't raise
2: the his voice. Insidious.
1: Yes. But at the same time, he's like deeply macho and sexist and deeply does not believe that anything she's doing is nearly as important as him. He never does it. And that's why I feel like the slap is like part of that kind of behavior is like, mm. you're a child. I'm an adult. Like, get in line like
0: yeah it's one of those things where even if to your earlier point rose even if he never hit her again there's always the threat that he would because he's kind of it's sort of a boiling rage underneath underneath the surface with him a little bit
2: that i love that assessment
1: i feel like he's the kind of person that in the future if they had been together for like another year and she's like crying and begging him to come with her to something he would be like you're embarrassing yourself. Stop crying. You look, you're acting Definitely. like a child. Like- Definitely.
2: Well, he basically does that here where he's like, I'm, I'm going to take a shower and then I'm going to go to bed. And yeah. You're like, okay, man. Like, oh, good impression. <laughs> Hi, May Lee. Here. Oh, thank you. I really channel. <laughs> Jamie, Amanda. Um, okay. Well, getting back into it after the breakup, Carrie tries to sort out getting her own hotel room as she haggles with the concierge over details And sifts through her dress to try to find her now broken necklace. Big walks into the hotel. They lock eyes and the mood immediately lifts. Or it does until Carrie mentions that Alexander slapped her. Big loses his mind at this. He rushes up the stairs to give Alexander a piece of his mind. Carrie's like, no, 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 don't do that. Wait, wait. Carrie's chasing after him, but Big means business. So Carrie trips him. (laughs) <laughs> they end up sprawled out on the floor. They both fall over. They're sprawled out and they're laughing about the whole thing. They talk outside the hotel later.
1: Wait, before we do the clip, can I just mm-hmm. say, please, it must be such a miraculous feeling. I mean, we're all writers on this, but to write that scene, to be in this room full of writers who've been write, working on the show for six or seven years now. And they love these characters and they know these characters and they write this scene where they're like, I hope it works, that it actually ends up being like charming and funny when she trips him. And I hope this like really screwball, like really funny hotel premise works. And then you're standing on set watching your episode and it's just like not it doesn't just fucking work. It's like
2: it's amazing. Oh, my God. The way that they crack each other up is just even just that is so lovely to watch, like I really do think that is like the purest manifestation of love. Is just like two people, like literally injured on the floor, just like dying, laughing. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's play the clip.
3: I gotta hand it to you, kid. Most people come to Paris to fall in love. You came and got slapped.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Why is that funny? (laughs) Are you cold? No, I'm still in shock. This is so surreal. I mean, what, uh, where? uh, How did you even get here?
3: It took me a really long time to get here. Hmm. But I'm here. Carrie, you're the one.
4: Oh, kiss me a big cry, Baby.
1: Because there was a part of me that when he says, you're the wait, I'm so sorry. I'm so spaced out. Did he say you're the one? Yes. Carrie, you're the one. Carrie, you're the one. It's really interesting. I I actually feel like you can make I'm having two arguments in my head. One argument is how fucking romantic is it? For somebody who dumped you for like a 20 something model, then got divorced, then they left her, then then it's like they've used all their options and then they just turn to you and go, you're the one, I think like (laughs) there's there there's that part. And then there's another part that goes, but isn't it kind of romantic in a way that like it's it's easy to just not have any drama and just be like, you're the one and that's it. But is it there's another part of me that like, is it more romantic that they've just been through hell and back and they just can't get rid of each other because they're supposed to be together?
2: yeah and it's also like i I have similar arguments in my head, and there's also I would say a third argument of like, well, we think that the one is just such an easy, quick attainable feat, but also maybe that's just what we see on t v and maybe sometimes not all the time. I do think that those types of relationships exist as well, but sometimes maybe it does take you a minute to like find your way back to each other. I think I- I'm so not sure you know i think that i i think regardless of I, I think regardless of any of those arguments i think that it's refreshing to see a relationship that in a lot of ways you could label toxic um kind of come back around and like oh he actually did learn from it and they're going to give it another chance yet another chance like there is something just refreshing about how kind of sweet and dysfunctional it is um, that I like. I mean, just in terms of writing, I think it's it's interesting. I don't think it's healthy, but I think it's interesting.
1: It's really funny that you say that, Jamie, because it just triggered in my mind, like, and with that scene, one million American women decided sure. that every time they dated an asshole, they were like, you know what? In six years. No, no, no. I know. I'm not criticizing what you're saying. I'm just thinking no, about no, no,
2: I had that thought too though. How funny it, so is it
1: is where it's yeah. like, it's it's sort of like a hope narrative for Women all over the globe who are like, you know what? In seven years yeah, and two cheats. a good point. And a nervous breakdown and a heart surgery later. This guy might come around to me.
2: Right. I know it is. That could also be an argument, too, where it's like they had to keep the notion of the one to round this whole thing out. Like, no matter how real they get in other ways and no matter how much they show you sides of big that are pretty abhorrent, they still can't resist the trope of like the romantic comedy ending, which I do agree with you could be really detrimental and has probably is. I mean, I probably was impacted by it in some way.
1: I like both sides of it. I mean, it's like, we obviously care more about the core four than big because we never see him without Carrie. And so we only know him in relationship to Carrie. But like, there's a world in which you're like, okay, well, Samantha was like, a shitty partner who cheated and now she's a really good partner. Can we give him the same grace? Maybe people change. But on the other side, it just reminds me of like, I have a close friend that I love who, in my opinion, has um, too, way too much tolerance for toxic male behavior. Mm. I would say toxic female behavior too, actually in friendships as well. But we got into it once when she was telling me about this guy she was dating. And I didn't think that the behavior was on the up and up. And she really clung to this well i know two people who were dating these guys who were totally not committing and they like gave them an ultimatum and now they're married with kids and i'm like this is what people are gonna do with the big thing of like well listen in sex in the city this guy cheats on her he falls in love with someone else and it's just like interesting how like it's the reason this is great art is because you could debate it until the cows come home and like Maybe there's a world in which they have a really secure, loving relationship. And and again, I'm bringing up aging and and stuff because I think it does make a difference because, like, you know, when your body is working and everything's fine and you have no problems and you're really good looking and then it's like women are disposable. When you have a fucking heart surgery, it's kind of a wake up call. I mean, I can speak for myself, like health problems are a real wake up call of like what you're really looking for in a person. It really like takes the whole Mm. like I'm just here to have fun to like a different like Oh, no, um, your romantic partner is your new family. This is your family member. That's what you're actually looking for. I mean, if you want like a right. real relationship. And I think him and Samantha and Miranda, you know, they spent the first six seasons just sitting around talking about like if guys have a receding hairline and how much money they have. And now it's like, yeah, it's not about any of that. Like,
2: yeah. Yeah. Well, that is I think that is a, a commonality with all of them is they've kind of like the grown up snapped out of. Yeah, they really have like snapped out of some of their bullshit for sure.
1: Yeah, and yeah. it's like maybe there's an argument that like maybe Big has two, Maybe it's about the core five growing up. Like, yeah, what were you gonna say, Sky?
0: I was just gonna say, yeah, I th- I think the show ends in a very it- it's so it's interesting how sort of like down on these women ending up single. I think the show kind of ends up mm. being ultimately everybody gets coupled up. Like there are there is a lot of sweet resolution to their coupling ups. But there are also, at least through the course of the six seasons, a lot of interesting explorations of them not being in relationships. That's true. And so, I mean, I I found this episode a little more frustrating ultimately for that reason. Well, for that reason, certainly. Like, what
1: reason? Uh,
0: the Big uh, Carrie ending up with Big again is like I, I found really tough to even even with granted all the romanticism of like potentially it's coming from him like actually growing up and being serious yeah. about her, but. I think he's he's been terrible to her, he's been terrible for her, she's been bad right back to him. I just see this as I was saying to Kristen after we finished after I finished the episode that like it's this episode felt very frustrating to me as a finale because it feels much more so as the sort of thing that's setting up a lot of stuff that I would like to see in future seasons. Like I wanna know what happens with Big and Carrie after this. Yeah. I want to know what happens with Steve, Mary and Miranda's dynamic now that Mary's living there. Yeah. I like, I also want to know, I want to see Charlotte and Harry as kid uh, Me too. as parents. Me too.
2: Yes.
0: And so it's I, what I said to Kristen was like, I almost kind of wish that like this show and it's just not something we really do in American television, but like, I kind of wish this show had like a Richard Linklater treatment where it's like every couple of years we get another season with the core four That's rather cool. than like. We do six seasons.
1: And then 30 years later.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because it's like there's so much interest because it's a show about life and, and <laughs> so which it's I think speaking. is like what it's. Yeah. And I think that's what's so masterful about it. And this is a frustrating note. It felt to me to leave it on. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I think it's interesting. Um, remind me, you guys, what our excellent guest who had all that inside scoop was his name, Chris. Chris Collins. Remind me what Chris said. Did he say something like originally she wasn't supposed to end up with him, but there was some sort of change? Do you guys remember that? Am I making that up?
0: I don't don't think I don't remember that because he he worked early on the show and then was gone and watched uh, the the finale like as like a, a viewer. But he was working on The Sopranos at the time. So I don't know if he would even have been privy to that necessarily.
1: I mean, You know, I think the reason this show is really tricky, like my sister never watched the show. She thought it was like anti-feminist garbage. And like, there's an argument for that. It's a show about these empowered, fun women. But to be happy, they all have relationships and are either mothers or trying to be mothers or wives or they finally tame their wild ways and they're in a monogamous partnership. Like, the end is as conservative as it gets. I mean, it's kind of saying like if you're single,
2: it's a problem and thank God these women got coupled up.
1: Like,
0: yeah, that's where I landed, which was why I was like, I, I was frustrated with this episode ultimately.
2: Yeah. I think the only, the only side of it that I could kind of understand, cause I really agree with everything you just said. um, Both of you just said, I think there is something nice about like, oh, it also could be seen as like their journey to find totally. their person, which I do think is like, there are like four very different examples of that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: And I think on the other side of like,
1: Arguing against what I just said, most people want to be partnered and that doesn't make you like well, that's a whiny little bitch. Yeah. It's like, totally. yeah,
2: like I think we glorify like being, you know, being alone. I do think being alone is like very important <laughs> in many ways. But I also think like it's to, also something to, you
1: can't control. It's sort of like, yeah,
2: I, I do think that way. I think that it's 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 tricky because it's like so much comes out so much like self growth and self-love comes out of being alone but like i think that's why i like smith and samantha so much because i'm like i feel like they're still growing even though they're absolutely together like that relationship feels really like oh we're just evolving i definitely agree that so much self-growth happens alone but i also think there's a bunch of growth that
1: you could never do by yourself like i think, absolutely i, I totally think, agree with I that i think the self i think Self-sacrifice and compromise. I think people, you just simply cannot be as selfish with a partner as you are alone. Which I think for all of us is good. I mean, it's like, yeah, good to learn to share. It's good to learn to think of other things besides yourself. And there's ways to do that without having a partner or having a kid. It's like if you're super involved in a cause or if you're an activist, it's like caring about things beyond yourself is like that's like the realm of the spiritual and that's like the realm of like the soul and stuff. Absolutely. So, So anyway, I'm really deep. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you are really are you sure sure, are? Sure you
1: actually are um okay oh my god I'm so glad I get to blurb this back at Charlotte's she greets Harry with takeout Chinese which is just like oh my god about something's about to happen and Harry got something from China too adoption papers he shows her a photo and Charlotte knows with tears streaming down her eyes she says that's our baby and it's just like Ugh. I mean if you don't Have a face full of snot and tears. Check your pulse. Um, It's the most beautiful thing. Over in Brooklyn, Magda speaks to Miranda. What Miranda did for Mary, that was love. Magda kisses Miranda on the forehead and leaves for the night, which is also really nice, too, because none of these... Miranda's mom dies, I think, in
2: this show. I Mm -hmm. love Magda. Yeah. So that, that, what you did is love, like... uh, That is like some next level shit.
1: This it's like the thing that's so crazy about TV versus movies um, is like it takes a long time. It takes like 90 episodes. It takes six seasons. But it's like every single one of those episodes brought us here. Mm. And it was just like so worth it for us to get here. It's like every storyline is just gorgeous. Mm. And back at Samantha's, Smith comes in. He flew all the way back from Canada to tell her something. He loves her. And I I love the way she says it. She said, you've meant more to me than any man I've ever Mm. known, which is her. I love you, which is absolutely Mm. stunning.
2: And back in New York, Big drops Carrie off at her place, but he still lives in San Francisco, so he can't check into the Four Seasons just yet. So Carrie invites him up to her apartment. The episode and the series closes with Carrie meeting the core four for lunch Carrie and Charlotte walking Elizabeth Taylor and all of her puppies, Miranda, Brady and Steve eating and laughing, Smith and Samantha having sex again, and Carrie taking a call from Mr. Big, who she now knows his first name Is John. Which is like, come on, guys. You're just going <laughs> to be some limp dick little oh John. No I, offense I, I, to any of the Johns out there. I just keep calling him Big. I don't give a shit. I mean, yeah. Big is
1: a, a thousand times more exciting. It's not like his. What do you guys think? Okay, wait. What would be a better name for Big? Vance? A name. Vance. the name that I think it's like. Chris
0: Noth. I think it'd be great. Uh, yeah. But I let's mean, just
1: like, if you were writing it, what would the name come up on the phone?
2: I would love it to be like a David.
0: David, um, I like an I like an Adam. He seemed, or maybe I love an Adam. It's kind a Christian name. Adam's Christian. James. Adam and Eve. James is James, basically no. John. Yeah, it's very close.
1: Wait, you guys don't like Vance? I mean, Vance. I Do say you say like Vance? I think I'm-
0: <laughs> How dare <God>. you,
1: Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> I just think there's what? something like about these names like Vivian Vance. Actually, that's I her agree last with name. You.
2: I I would like, I like, I like Vance because it is like a little older. And I think that he would have maybe a name that was reflective of like how he's kind of an old soul. John
0: is very first thought off a bet off a big.
2: It's also like a John is like a male escort. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about yeah, it. Where yeah. You're like, all right. Okay. But all, the only reason why I was thinking was Vance is because he's just so schmaltzy
1: and listens to Frank Sinatra and he loves yeah, the Yeah, I don't sea.
2: mind Vance. Thanks. Yeah, especially Even? Vance and yeah, Vance is fine. I'll call him okay, Vance. Thanks. I think that's fine. Thanks. Um, okay, so uh oh yeah. Wow, okay. I just about to like do more plot, and I'm like, oh, we're actually done. Okay, so now uh we're gonna talk about the statement of the episode. Different from the question of the episode because it does end with a statement, right? Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's okay. a whole big or- elaborate thing.
2: Yeah, let's hear it. Later that day. I got to thinking about relationships.
4: There are those that open you up to something new and exotic.
1: This scene is just unreal. Those that are old and familiar.
4: Those that bring up lots of questions. Those that bring you somewhere unexpected. Those that bring you far from where you started. And those that bring you back.
2: <laughs>
0: some really athletic sex. Yeah,
4: challenging, and significant relationship of all is the one you have with yourself. And if you find someone to love the you, you love. Hi. What's shaking, baby? How's Napa? The house is on the market. Look out, New York. I'm a-coming.
1: Well, that's just fabulous. That is a great song, isn't it? off to the writers directors producers actors editors this is just a perfect television show and I often say I teach screenwriting to students and I always say that it's more of a craft than an art because it generally is but this isn't art I think I think they've elevated it in this case
2: yeah I mean also everything we were just talking about like with you know what is big you know going to rescue her from Paris and all this stuff I I really do feel like this last line boils down exactly what we were all saying, even in agreement and disagreement. I feel like this is kind of the conclusion. I really do feel like it sums it all up.
1: I think that it's a it's a something that's very hard. I mean, I keep bringing this up because we're writers and this is it's not just watching a show. We're also thinking about how we write our own shows and the shows that we work on and it's exceedingly difficult to end a beloved show well. I mean, there's yes. a lot of cases of beautiful shows that they just <laughs> yeah, ship shit the ending. Yep. And I just feel like this is just a masterclass and like concluding a phenomenal, every single writer and creator on the show is just did a fucking beautiful job.
2: Yeah. And also, yeah, I, I think it's hard to I mean, even if this, I think this ending is amazing. Even if this ending were, like, a a solid B minus, I would still be, like, hats off. I just think it's so hard to end a fucking series. Like, landing the plane, we have seen it so many times. There's so many great shows that just don't do it. And the fact that this one just, like, nailed the fucking finale, like, even if there were things that we didn't like about it whatnot, it's, like, it really, it's just, it's just really well done. They just did a very good job as writers. Agree. Um. OK, well, guys, this brings us to our final fucking segment. I'm horny for sex in the city is obviously a very horny show. So we end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose Cerno, what are you horny for right now?
1: OK, this is cheating and you're going to be annoyed because then you're going to have to do the same. But
2: I'm going to do t- two.
1: No, I'm horny for my core three that have been with me since the beginning of this. You know, Jamie and I have been friends for a long time. We met in New York doing stand up, but weren't that close at the time and then ended up working together in L.A. and then just really got along like gangbusters and you asked me to do this podcast and I thought it was a great idea and we've grown so close over the last couple of years yeah. and I'm so grateful. I'm so happy to know Skylar Skylar. I just think Ugh. the world of you and Skyler, I mean, I love, I somebody. love
0: working with all of you. Like, uh, and, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all... like
1: this podcast, I feel like I'm like getting like my eyes are getting glassy, but like it's I've been through it with like my fertility stuff, my back yep. COVID panic, anxiety, like it has been there through the whole time. And, and I feel similarly to the ending of this show as the ending of this portion of our podcast. We're just like extremely lucky to have you guys.
2: Yeah. And I feel that too. Extremely,
1: <laughs> extremely lucky to have our, our listeners who have sent amazing, oh beautiful, supportive messages that, you know, I feel like, um, we do this and we're just talking to each other and we're looking at each other and there's really not a conception of other people even listening. And so when when you guys reach out and mostly ladies um, and guys reach out to us, it's just it's been a lot of meaningful exchanges. So I'm very grateful to Jamie for this would not exist without her beautiful brain and efforts and talent. So, Uh,
2: well, that was the best horny for in the world. I yeah, I don't feel like that's everybody's horny for. Should I do like a classic stupid one just around? it? Yeah,
1: do a classic stupid one.
2: Can I do? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to pick a really dumb one. Do a dumb one. Okay. I am horny for fried calamari that does not have other dumb stuff fried mixed into it. I don't need a Frito Misto. (laughs) I had fried calamari the other night and I had like fried peppers mixed in with it. No. Don't overcomplicate it. Just give me the squid, people. Give me (laughs) the squid.
1: That's actually a very profound one that everyone can agree with. It's, yeah. I yeah. Mean, hashtag, give me the squid. Once Jamie like moves to New York, all of her horny fours and who am I's are just like New York Italiano
2: culture. I know. The next one, yeah. If the, well, when we we are going to keep doing episodes. This is not our final episode of this podcast. I do want to make that clear. But it is funny if my horny four is like not getting a mob hit. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just gonna it's just gonna get
1: very I'm horny for Bill over here. De
0: Blasio this week. Yes, yeah. Like
1: I'm, I'm horny yeah. for
2: um, my
1: cousin Vinny, not the movie, but my my friend was actually my cousin. Yeah, I'm
2: horny for um not having a decapitated horse head in my bed. Um, so yeah, I that was a Godfather reference. I'm really proud. I watched that during the pandemic. Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah. So, anyways, I'm very horny for both of you in this podcast. And yeah, next week we're gonna have. Uh, a bridge episode and then we're gonna do the fucking movies which i think we're talking about doing in two parts just because good idea be i love long. it yeah um so yeah get ready oh my god when we do sex and the city two, i mean ugh, god that's like
1: it'll be so much fun start
2: popping your popcorn getting your snacks ready now because that's gonna be a real treat when we dive into that one it's a fucking crazy movie anyways we love you guys and thank you for being such an awesome audience and yeah, like Rose said, really, there's a really great community around this podcast. And we're really grateful for you guys. Okay, love you guys. Okay, love you for listening to couldn't help a wonder follow us on twitter and instagram at chbw pod and follow my co-host rose cerno on insta and twitter at rose cerno. and please
1: follow my co-host jamie at really jamie lee on instagram and at the jamie lee on twitter
2: and please rate review subscribe to our show on itunes stitcher or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty it helps us it helps you it helps everyone you're nasty
0: bye, bye.
3: Forever. Dog.
0: this has been a forever dog production executive produced by joe cilio alex ramsey and brett boehm for more original podcasts please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you get your podcast keep up with the latest forever dog news by following us on twitter and instagram at forever dog team and liking our page on facebook dog.